Hey everybody, we are so glad after the, the nice break. It's nice for me to get a break. Thank you for giving good old Pastor AJ a break. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm thankful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to my Lord. He's amazing. And he's so amazing that, uh, wow, did we have a fun, a fun June. We did a series called Mean Jesus, and, and, and if you didn't get a chance to watch it, go check that out. But now we're in the new one. We're in the new series. It's called Get Real, The Amazing Truth of the Bible. And I'm literally going to jump right into this one because it's just, uh, it's a good one. It's a good topic. In fact, this is a, a topic that I wanted, I've just been chomping, I thought, chomp, 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 to get at this, to tell you about how some of these bible stories are true people today are they're doubting them mm -hmm. I, I mean even in academic circles but i'm here today to tell you the flood is real the resurrection of jesus is real and you're going to find out today that the exodus is true so let's jump right in right now here we go All right, man. Don, I love that theme music, man. That's just kind of rocking, man. That's rocking. This is my uh, this is my partner right here, Don Medicus. Partner in crime. Yeah, he's a he's a good dude. Yeah, and uh, excited to have you with us here, Don. How how was your time off, man? You feel you feel refreshed? It went too fast. Yeah, actually, you did. Yeah, that two weeks was like. I know it done. just goes it just goes by, man. Two but two weeks nice. is so. Yeah, I I agree. I agree. You, nice. you look refreshed. I feel kind of refreshed. You do, yeah. Yeah, you're just just looking good. Your your skin pigmentation looks looks good, and, and must be uh, the dark light in the room. Probably yeah. that's that's my strategy. I just try to darken the lights to make everybody look better. My, I make myself look better, you know. But well, in the process, you do too. Well, so. see that worked out. You can thank me later. Yes, well, I'm thanking you now, right in front of everybody. There you go. You know. There you I'm go. Thanking Patsy. Yeah. Thank you, Patsy. Hey, there she is, the Patsy. It's been a while since we've given Patsy a shout out. I know. Yeah. And I had one of my sons tell me, why don't you ever say hi to me on there? Yeah. Which one? David. Okay. All so right. Like, hi, hey, David. Hi, David. Hey Just there. want to say hi. There you go. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I, I ran into David at the grocery store the other day. Did you hurt him? No, oh, no, okay. I didn't. No, no, he said, I, I didn't realize you guys were TV stars now. You know, <laughs> like, well, we're video stars. TV's old school. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, and, and I do want to point out to the Ark of the Covenant mm -hmm. uh, on, on the front of the desk there um, in honor of the topic today, because we're going to show you the real Mount Sinai because these things actually happened. That's actually our, our topic today is Mount Sinai found. I'm just going crazy with the applause button today. Tom. I know. Yeah. But that is because a great thing to applause over. It, it really is. I mean, it's, it's actually quite fantastic when you study it. And um, I kind of got into this about five years ago. I had heard about this site uh, 20 years ago plus. It was uh, discovered and I'll tell you a little bit about the history once we get into it here. But um, I guess I want to launch into the launch into the scriptures and go for it and tell you uh, about this this Mount Sinai and where we get this from and and how we can know the Bible is true. But uh, I do want to encourage you if you haven't done so already to become uh, a supporter 
a partner, a financial partner of Gospel Ministries, also known as 116 Productions. If you uh, actually go to PastorAJ.com, you can find out how to do that. And we're so, so grateful for all of our monthly supporters. Um, you actually help us to do some cool stuff and give, we give Bibles to new believers. We support uh, churches that do so. And uh, we also support a couple of missionaries as well uh, who do missions work in three other continents. So I think that's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, we're, we're very thankful and uh, just thankful as a ministry that we can do that, that we're not just producing, but we're also giving uh, to the kingdom of God um, globally. So we think that's pretty cool. But if you become a monthly supporter, you'll actually get one of these bad boys right here. Uh, that uh, These um, tumblers, these stainless steel tumblers, they're very, very nice. They're laser etched. And, uh, yes, so, they are. Uh, so become a monthly supporter. Uh, we are dependent on you to do what we do, and there there is a cost. I mean, this is a, a really nice studio we've mm -hmm. been blessed with here, and uh, we're constantly making upgrades uh, to be able to improve the the way, the form in which we present the gospel uh, in a technological day and age. And so, having said all of that, um, we're we're going to just talk about Mount Sinai and and this topic because again, um, we're in this new series. It's called Get Real, and I, I've just had this really this burning passion on to explain to people why the Bible is true, because today so many people are doubting the Bible. Um, I talked about this during the month of June, and, and right. some of the, I guess, we'll say just for lack of better, um, for, for lack of better terminology, liberal interpretations mm -hmm. of Scripture. And by that, I'm just talking about, like, a, a lot of times people, people are taking you know, Genesis chapter one, they're interpreting it metaphorically. Then they're, you know, taking our, our culture today is taking other passages of the Bible and just completely ignoring them altogether. Um, I, I, oftentimes people don't read their Bibles or they'll take scripture passages, passages that have a clear right. meaning and they'll twist them. Uh, mm -hmm. to, to tell us. Bible teachers will do this. Christians will do it. You know, I mean, you, you engage with some of these people online, as, as do I, uh, or maybe you know some of them in person. Uh, this is happening everywhere. And, mm -hmm. and so I, I just have like a real passion, Don, to like make sure that people understand they can take the Bible at face value. Right. So that's what this series is all about. When I say get real, it's telling people the, the truth of the Bible. The Bible's true. The stories are real. And, and so what, what is, what are the implications of that? You know, right. just if I throw that out there to you, what do you think? What are the implications of, of the fact that the Bible's true? Well, then they're, like I've said before, if, uh, to them, if the Bible is true, then there is a Supreme being that they have to answer to. Yeah. And knowing that they want to cloud that up and what they've done to me is when our uh, forefathers came over here and they landed here, the books they used in school, what was the Bible? for yeah. geography, for English, for everything. Well, over time, they've clouded that to where the Bible is irrelevant. And they're trying to do that to push God out and, to, and bring man in. Yeah. And it's something that has really ruined our country, I think, as a whole, is they've ruined it. And even with Christians, they don't think that it's that big of a deal. You know, these are just stories. No, yeah. they're not just stories. They're the truth in the Bible. 
And I believe the Bible from cover to cover. I believe everything that's in it. I believe there was a great fish that, you know, that uh, all this stuff happened. Jericho happened. Yeah. Everything happened. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, you know, so the, again, this is why I've just got a passion for this topic and why we're covering it here. So my goal with this series uh, is to give you information you might not have access to. Uh, because I, I was even um, made aware, I, I went to a, a more conservative seminary, a theologically conservative seminary, um, a Presbyterian seminary, even though I'm not Presbyterian. And they, I, I was made aware there of, of what happens in many other places. It didn't happen in mine, but uh, that people will tell you things like there's no evidence for the Exodus. Mm -hmm. They'll tell you things like, you know, there's there's no evidence of Sodom and Gomorrah and things like that, um, or of Noah's flood or or whatever. Right. Um, but uh, what I guess I've become aware of over the course of my life, and especially in recent years, are some archaeological sites. There's been some fascinating things found. Yep. Um, in re in recent decades, I mean, ve very recently, uh, within the last fifty years on a couple of occasions in, in in the case of this Mount Sinai that we're going to share with you. Now there is, there's a more ancient tradition associated with it, but uh, according to the locals there, so we didn't know, um, you know, saying that this was Mount Sinai, but we had no idea. And uh, it was basically stumbled upon by a kind of like a Christian Indiana Jones, mm -hmm. uh, a man by the name of Ron Wyatt back in the 1970s. And um, it might have been the early 1980s, excuse me, for not having the exact date. But um, uh, he actually ended up discovering this location with his son. Um, it's in northwest Saudi Arabia. And what's crazy is I'm going to show you this site and how it matches the Bible's description of Mount Sinai to a T. It's, it's quite striking actually. Amen. And if you're coming from a point of view of there's no evidence for the Exodus, well, you've got to see this because mm -hmm. this is, this is fascinating. And, um, I, I would be interested to hear from you if you're, you know, somebody who's skeptical, if maybe you're, you would consider yourself an unbeliever. Um, I would, I would love to hear your, your viewpoint on the evidence that I present here and, uh, what it, how it makes you feel about the events that we see described in the Bible. So I'm going to get right at it, and I'm going to read some scripture verse, verses for you right now. The first one is from Exodus chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 1. Now this is, I just picked these scripture verses to show you um, basically where the Bible says Mount Sinai is. Um, it's also known as Horeb in the Bible, H-O-R-E-B, Mount Horeb. And uh, so this is where Moses went and he received the Ten Commandments. Again, I have uh, on the front of my desk here the Ark of the Covenant, which housed the Ten Commandments. It's a miniature version of it. But, um, but we read in Exodus chapter 3, uh, beginning verse 1 there. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, a.k.a. Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames, and this is really indicative of God appearing to him in these flames. That's a lot of times what the angel of the Lord is in the Old Testament. It's appearance of God or, or, or possibly of Jesus, the pre-incarnate Christ. 
he appeared to him in the flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire and did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. So, so right off the rip, we see this instance in which um, Moses travels to the land of Midian, and that's, mm-hmm. that's why I uh, italicized that <laughs> and, and highlighted it for you. Uh, Moses traveled to the land of Midian to tend. This is where he met his future father-in-law. And uh, I think the, the, the movie, The Ten Commandments yeah. from, with Charlton Heston from back in the day does a nice job of, mm-hmm. of showing this. If you've ever seen that movie, oh, you yeah. know how he, how Love he that met movie. Me too. And, um, and, and so, so uh, there's lots of theories on Mount Sinai, and there has been lots of theories, but but in reality, there's only one reality. I mean, we can have we can have theories galore, but there's there's at the end of the day only one reality. Amen. And so my goal is just to show you some interesting things here. That's that's my goal because you may be seeing some of this for the first time. You may not realize that they uh, Mount Sinai. Um, everyone in the world doesn't, I guess, know where it is or care where it is or or recognize mount sinai uh as mount sinai the the one that i'm going to show you um there is actually a traditional site for mount sinai um and the reason i highlight this is because the bible uh describes mount sinai that mount sinai or mount horeb Mm -hmm. is in the land of midian Midian. It's in the land of Midian. So we have to we have to figure out where is Midian. Well, what has become the traditional site of Mount Sinai? Because there is a traditional site. There's one where they built a monastery on top of it, and they said this is Mount Sinai, and um, you know there's there's monks that have lived there and so mm-hmm. on for many years. It's in the tip of what's called the Sinai Peninsula, and I'll show you a map in a minute. But I just want to give you a little bit of a background before I show you the map. Right. Um, this, tra- this quote, traditional site, it was deemed Mount Sinai, not by Moses or by anybody, you know, I guess mm-hmm. living even remotely close to the time of Moses. It was deemed uh, Mount Sinai by the emperor, the Roman emperor, Constantine's mother, because famously the Roman emperor Constantine, you know, was the one who made Christianity the official religion mm-hmm. of the Roman empire. Well, Constantine's mother actually had a love for Jesus and she went around and tried to, you know, like find some of these sites that had been tr- handed down by tradition. In fact, if you visit the Holy Land today, the Church of the Nativity and other places, the Church of the Nativity is uh, allegedly the place where Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the spot. And she went around and and marked them, which was a great thing because right she was marking traditions that were handed down. Well, she also was a little bit on the mystical side and she traveled to the Sinai Peninsula and um, just basically kind of uh, earmarked this one mountain, this one random mountain as Mount Sinai. And, and she lived, just to give you perspective, she lived, uh, this is probably around 300 AD, about 1,700 years ago. Well, if you date the Exodus to 1,500 BC, that means she was, the Emperor Constantine's mother was close to 2,000 years, but technically about 1,800 years 
mm-hmm. after the time of Moses and so after the events of the Exodus, the this this particular um, association with this location of Mount Sinai um, by Emperor the Emperor Constantine's mother, um, it's actually closer in time to us than it is to the events of the Exodus. Hmm. Now, now that's she lived a long time yeah. ago. She lived seventeen hundred years ago, a long time ago, but she is closer to us than she is to the events right. that she was, you know, Looking at dog-earing there. Yeah. I mean, in the case of Christ, she's only, you know, some 250 years, maximum of 300 years removed from the events that she's, mm-hmm. you know, kind of associating places with and, and traditions. So, I mean, it's it's a little bit more forgivable. Um but Sinai is a little different because they're sort of looking in the wilderness for something. You right. know, there's there's not necessarily a, a clear-cut tradition, uh, though there was. Though there was. And when you actually study uh, the ancient accounts, you do see that there was more of a tradition. In fact, there's something in the Bible, there's a couple markers that tell us where this ancient land of Midian was. And the land of Midian was not Dawn. In, this, in what's called the Sinai Peninsula. Okay, hmm. so now I'm going I'm to show you these places on a map right now. Um, I don't know if you can see that little, it, it looks like a V. See where it says the wilderness of the Red Sea? Mm-hmm. Right in the middle. And, and if, if, if the map actually went down a little bit, you could see it makes a V. Um, that's actually a peninsula. It's called the Sinai Peninsula. Uh, it it goes down and makes a V and you have a body of water on the left and a body of water on the right. And those body of waters come together just below the picture. And then they continue on down and it's much, much wider. And that whole body of water is usually called referred to as the red sea. And then you've got these two gulfs that are mentioned here, the Gulf of Suez. You may have heard of the Suez canal Mm -hmm. that was built uh, back in the last century. Um, and then you also have the Gulf of Aqaba, uh, which uh, is, is it's, it's, it, it really the only place. Uh, in fact, there's a, a place called Nueva Beach uh, right there. In fact, if you follow that little red line, mm-hmm. it ends at Nueva Beach, which is the only possible uh, location the only possible site of a Red Sea crossing mm-hmm. that you can have. Okay. I was and, just wondering that. Yeah. And so, so, so according to ancient maps, and, and you can go back and look at this. In fact, I want to encourage you not just to take my words for it. I'm giving you snapshots of stuff that I've been studying for some number of years. So, I want to encourage you to study this on your own. If you are very interested, you can actually look up uh, a, there's a book and a DVD series. It's, it's actually very academic. It's an eight hour series on this particular topic on pinpointing this as the location of the Mount Sinai and why uh, it is believed by many to be Mount Sinai. It's, it's meant it's believed to be legitimate. Uh, it's called Mount Sinai in Arabia by Joel Richardson. So it's a book. It's also a, a very lengthy DVD series, which again, if you're interested, he'll cover ancient maps, tell you who made the maps uh, and why we specifically know that 
this is right here the land of Midian. Do you see where it says Midian kind of on the bottom right-hand side of mm -hmm. the of the map? That is what is known as the land of Midian, but according to ancient maps. Well, the traditional site of Mount Sinai is to the left of that, more in the middle of the map, uh, just below where it says the wilderness of the Red Sea. Right. But that's the, that's in the Sinai Peninsula, and that's not traditionally seen as the land of Midian. That's typically seen as Egypt proper, as belonging to Egypt. And uh, interestingly, the Red Sea actually means, the, the word Red Sea, it seems to mean the sea of the boundary or the sea of the end, probably meaning and referring to the end of the Egyptian empire and then going where into the land of Midian mm -hmm. and Mount Sinai was also known as the highest mountain peak or described by the ancients as the highest mountain peak in the land of Midian. Well, interestingly, this man in the 19, uh, late 1970s, early 1980s, discovered this location. He actually did jail time because it's in northwestern Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. and he and his son, his adult son, ended up spending time in jail. Um, in fact, I don't. people may not know, you can actually do tours of this place. Uh, there's, there's a place, it's called Discovered Sinai. Discovered with ED, discovered, like in past tense. Mm -hmm. DiscoveredSinai.com. You can actually tour this. And not a lot of people know about it. I mean, it's a little bit of a pricey tour, but... Um, uh, but not too bad. I mean, you, you know, it's just not, I don't think it's well known yet. And uh, you, you can actually see some of these places. Um, but anyways, Mount Sinai is in Midian. So that's what we see in the Bible. It's telling us where Mount Sinai is. And then we have these ancient records that tell us uh, where Midian is outside the Bible that mm -hmm. tell us where Midian is. And also that Mount Sinai is the, the tallest mountain in Midian, right. right? I mean, so so right there, I mean, we kind of know where we're looking already, right? So we're not looking in the Sinai Peninsula where the Emperor Constantine's mother, some 2,000 years after the events, says, this is where Mount Sinai was. She was looking in the wrong place altogether, right? And and so when you look at the, the, the traditional site for Mount Sinai too, there's just things that don't line up. I mean, you've got to, people try to, figure out, well, where was the site of the Red Sea crossing? It had to be up, if that was the case, then it had to be up sort of on the top left side of the Gulf of Suez. Hmm. And that's where you'll see some of these theories. Um, I saw a guy one time on the History Channel talking about, this is 10 years ago now, but talking about the Sea of Reeds and not the Red Sea, but yeah. the Reed Sea, and that there was a tsunami that pushed the waves back and so on. And and it was just the, you know, and that maybe it was an actual event, but it was really more dumb, not, not, not dumb luck, but it was an actual event. But, you know, they're, they're looking in, in completely other locations. And then some of these locations, when you actually look at the Bible story, the, some of the things just don't match up because if that were the case, this location, the site of the Red, the Red Sea crossing is still within Egypt. Right. I mean, it's still within Egypt. Uh, the land of Goshen on the top left of the city, that's where the slaves lived. And uh, I, I could do a whole nother, maybe I will do a podcast on this site called Avaris. See where it says Ramses, Ramesses mm -hmm. in the top left corner. Um, that is potentially this this new site that they found there, the burial place of the 12 patriarchs of, of Israel. Oh, wow. And the initial burial place of Joseph, he, although uh, his bones were removed in 
taken into the promised land when the Israelites uh, completed their exodus. But again, just sort of looking at this map, I, I just want to, again, point out that Mount Sinai is in Midian. Mount Sinai, we know from extracurricular reports, is the tallest mountain in Midian, according to ancient uh, documents right. and, and descriptions. Well, interestingly, you can see where it's at on the map there. See, it's a, it says Mount Sinai right above Midian. Right, right above where it says Midian, you'll see it real little. It's in white. And you'll actually see other, other things there. The Rock of Horeb, Mount Sinai, Elam. These were places where the Israelites stopped, and you see them referenced in the book of Exodus. You see all of these, all of these things at this site. And guess what this mountain peak is here, where it says Mount Sinai on the map there? It's the tallest mountain in Midian. Right. It's referred to as Jabal Allah's L A W Z. <laughs> they must have been cool. Actually, it's it's an Arabic name, Jabal Allah's. Um, and, and you know what the locals refer to this mountain as, Don? Big mountain. I don't know. No, they refer to it as the mountain of Moses. Mm, oh, that's right. Yeah, interestingly, yeah, that's what the local Bedouins. I remember hearing that. Yes, refer to this as the mountain of Moses, and it has a blackened peak. Mm -hmm. as well which is fascinating because we know god descended upon the mountain in fire so it has a blackened peak um it's still black to this day it is yeah and i'll, I'll show you some pictures in a moment here but i i guess like what i wanted to get at is basically that this particular site it's in the right place according to ancient documents um it, it's it has all of these it has the right fittings of some of the Bible stories that we see described because in first Kings, the prophet Elijah also travels to Mount Horeb and he stays in a cave. Mm -hmm. And so the traditional site for Mount Sinai doesn't have a cave on it. Right. You know, it doesn't have a split rock like this one has. This one has a megalithic giant split rock with water evidence of water erosion. It's, yeah. it's just a fascinating site. They've also discovered like thousands of drawings and ancient proto-hebrew writing all over the place so just some fascinating things yeah. very interesting things it's directly south if you look at it on a map it's almost directly south of the city of jerusalem um and, and it would have been a direct march north for the israelites 40 years later, of course, we know they wandered in the wilderness for yeah. their 40 years. They, God had them poised to go in a year, a little over a year after the Exodus. He's mm -hmm. like, all right, it's time. That, did you, I don't know if you realize this, Don, that when they sent the 12 spies in, it was only a little over a year after they left Egypt. And mm -hmm. God was like, all right, it's time to go in and take the promised land. Yeah, and, there's only two that were favored for yeah. going in after them. And, and because of the bad re report of the spies, the unbelief, Mm-hmm. They were, uh, the, the, God made them wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Yeah, he went in a circle. <laughs> so, I mean, so just, just some, uh, some interesting things here. But I, I'm going to show you some pictures right now. In fact, uh, I, I'm going to actually, I'm going to cut to the chase. I'm going to show you a video first, and then I'll, I'll uh, kind of slow it down a little bit and show you some pictures of this location. But um, this was a gentleman who was actually on Fox News. He got some drone footage of it over the succeeding years after ron wyatt discovered this uh, location he 
uh, more and more people got in there. Jim and Penny Caldwell got in there. Um, there was just, you know, some other people who had opportunity to see it. And, and I think Jim and Penny Caldwell were the ones who actually found the, uh, the giant, um, split rock. Mm. But, uh, th this guy here just, uh, I don't know, about three or four years ago was on Fox news talking about this. Um, he worked for the CIA. His name is Ryan Morrow. And, um, he, he was the first one that I had seen with just tremendous drone shotage of, of this. And so I'm just going to play about a five minute video, uh, for you here where he kind of describes his journey uh, of unbelief yet becoming a believer after he saw and experienced some of these things. And welcome back to The Watchman. For centuries, the belief was that Mount Sinai, the place where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, was located in Egypt. But a new documentary suggests that the real location of Mount Sinai is not in Egypt, but Saudi Arabia. Folks, this is fascinating stuff. Take a look. Shortly after I became a Christian, I was probably 11 or 12, and I believed in God at that point, but the big problem I ran into was I didn't necessarily believe in the Bible that was historically accurate. And one of the issues was that Jewish and Christian academics and, and so-called experts out there were saying that there was very little evidence that the Exodus story ever happened, that it was a myth or greatly exaggerated, and so I had to ask myself, how could I believe in the Bible if the story of Moses and the Exodus wasn't considered true? I became really interested in this theory that the reason evidence wasn't being found was because we were looking in the wrong spot. And that theory got new steam in recent decades because there were a handful of explorers who had heard about the theory and made their way to what they believed was the real Mount Sinai in northwestern Saudi Arabia but the evidence was confiscated by the Saudis. But I continued to study it and it really tugged at my heart and basically a miracle happened. I got this incredible chance to be one of very few outsiders to set foot in this protected area of northwestern Saudi Arabia where even the locals believe Moses and the Israelites came and left behind evidence. I've gone to Saudi Arabia now three times as part of the research into the Exodus story. I was so amazed at the layout of the land and how every little piece of the biblical story of the Exodus lined up, every little detail. So in order to figure out where the Exodus actually happened, you have to figure out where the Red Sea crossing miracle happened. And there's multiple candidates going across the Gulf of Aqaba from Egypt into modern day Saudi Arabia. The most interesting candidate to me is Egypt's Nueva Beach. Thanks to Google Earth and being able to look from above as we've never been able to before, this spot at Nueva Beach on the Egyptian side of the possible crossing becomes almost obvious. You need a beach where you can fit millions of people. Those millions of people, the Hebrews, have to be blocked in by canyons, by the mountains, so that Pharaoh's army could have them trapped. The only place they could escape would be through the waters. And right at this location, amazingly, there appears to be an underwater land path. So if the waters were parted, they would need somewhere to walk to. 
And here, just at this location, there happens to be that underwater land path. So if the waters were parted, they could walk from Egypt through the waters of the Gulf of Aqaba into northwestern Saudi Arabia, into the area that the local Saudis call the land of Jethro. By this underwater land path, going from Egypt's Nueva Beach into northwestern Saudi Arabia, there are very interesting coral anomalies that look like the remains of chariots, specifically chariot wheels. And there have been metal detectors brought down by divers that detected circular patterns of metal within the coral. Now, a lot of this would disintegrate over time, obviously, but coral can wrap itself around an object and dissolve it and retain the shape. And so divers who have gone to this area have described it as looking like an ancient junkyard, a place where potentially an army was destroyed and shattered into pieces and the coral retained the shape of those debris. New research shows that Christian, Jewish, and Islamic sources for a long time have identified the real Mount Sinai as being the highest mountain near an area of Saudi Arabia called Al-Bad today. And if you go to Al-Bad today, the highest mountain is the Jebel Al-Laws mountain range, and specifically a peak named Jebel Makla, which means burned mountain. The reason it's called burned mountain is because it has a blackened top that makes it very distinct and you can see it from far away. And so that leads people to see it and question, is this evidence of God descending upon the mountain in the form of a fire like the Bible says? The locals refer to this mountain as the mountain of Moses. And they will tell you how generations after generations have known that this was the real Mount Sinai. In front of this mountain, just like the Bible says, you can see a collection of rocks that have inscriptions of people worshiping bulls. And the local tradition is that this is the golden calf worship site to the point where locals will even suspect you of searching for gold if you go there. So we know from the book of Exodus that God tells Moses to set up an altar of uncut stone without steps at the foot of the mountain and next to that altar to set up 12 pillars to represent the 12 tribes of Israel. When you go to the foot of this candidate for Mount Sinai, known as the mountain of Moses, you come across an ancient altar where you could see where the animals would have been lined up for sacrifice. It is made of uncut stone and it has no steps. And next to it are the remains of about 12 marble pillars. One of the biggest miracles of the Exodus story that many people would find hard to believe is the story that God told Moses to go up to a rock and strike it with his rod so that water could pour forth and his people could have water to drink from who were dying of thirst. Amazingly, along this route to the possible Mount Sinai, you come across a gigantic split rock on top of a 100 foot hill and the rock itself is between 40 and 60 feet high. When you climb it, you look like an ant next to it and down the split in the middle and the rock below, it's smooth. The adjacent areas are all rough with different types of rocks. It's very bumpy. But then in this area, it looks like water poured forth from that rock, from the split, That's incredible. coming down mm -hmm. the hill onto the ground below. And the local Bedouins who have been told to keep people out and will actually confront you if you go there, will say that this is referred to by them as the split rock of Moses. At one point in my life, I thought that as human knowledge developed and as science developed, we would move further from the biblical account, that those would look more and more like myth. 
Uh, now I see that it's looking more and more like an accurate historical account. What do you think, Don? It's absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? it I mean, is, it's uh, awesome. Yeah. And I know that you've heard about this before, oh, yeah. but, he, but even looking at it again, I mean, I'm sure it just kind of gives you goosebumps. Oh, it does. And especially looking at that rock and how humongous that rock is. Yeah. And imagine Moses hitting that with his staff and all of a sudden it just split open. Yeah, rock, I mean, water had to be flying out of there. And, and we don't understand either, like, the volume of people. It, it's said that maybe upwards of 2 million Israelites were freed from Egypt, and they're going, if you do the numbers on it, and... And so, like, where were all these people getting drinking water in the right. middle of the the desert? And so, like, just how there had to be a lot of water. There wasn't some little trickle coming out. I mean, right? Like, God had to provide a lot of water for these people to survive. And um, it kept and, coming out. Yeah, too. and the and the scale of it, the the sight of the Red oh, yeah. Sea crossing, all these things. They had to be large. Um, you know, they had to be large. It, it was a large group of people, basically. And so, uh, you know, you know, so that it's it just the volume of the scale, the scale of, of this, um, seeing it, seeing it, it just through a video screen, but, but seeing this, right. like seeing in some senses, seeing is believing it's going, wow, wow. you know, maybe, maybe this is all true. Maybe you, this is all real. You know, someone knocked my socks off and uh, maybe it won't to anybody else, but it did to me. <clears throat> is to see the crossing where they had crossed the Red Sea. Yeah. And to see at the creation of this earth, God put that, that land, land bridge, bridge there yeah. right. long before this ever happened yeah. and was set there that they would cross yep. that particular spot. Yeah. I mean, he pre had this all set up for yeah. his children. And what does that say to you and me that are born again Christians? How much in my life, in your life, has been preset for us to be able to conquer the enemy or right. conquer something in our lives? And it just it just knocked my socks off. Yeah. I couldn't believe. I mean, I believe it, but it's like, wow, Lord, how many thousands of years prior to that did you do all this just for your children? Yeah. So what are you doing for me, you know, and yep, other children? That's a good point. I mean, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, like, I guess I, I think, too, when I look at it, and you're thinking, like you said, about the land bridge and all these things that God did ahead of time. For me, it um, refreshes my understanding of the supernatural mm -hmm. because we live in a scientific day and age. And to be honest with you, I'm a very scientific person. I love science. And, um, but a lot of times people will try to give, I've, I've seen entire shows on TV where people are trying to give naturalistic explanations for biblical miracles. And they're not even saying the miracles didn't happen. They're just trying to show us how God did them. That's fine. But like, but in, in this case, like, you know, the Bible says a wind, a strong wind blew back the, the water mm -hmm. and the Israelites walk through on dry land on dry. I mean, and, and if you look at the scale, they're not just walking through a little puddle that parted right. because there was a uh, an earthquake. Right. I mean, this was an act of God providing for his people. Um, there's the 10 plagues, of course, that took place before this, which were supernatural mm -hmm. things, happenings. And and so it just, I guess it, it um, reignites my... Um, my belief in the supernatural, my belief in a big God. Oh, yeah. That these things actually happened. Well, and, look at what happened to the enemy. When he yeah. sent his troops across to go after the people, yeah. what happened to them? Yeah. They got 
almost all the way across or halfway, right. whatever. And all of a sudden, the waters rushed in and drowned them all. The yeah. horses, the men, the chariots, everything was drowned. Now, if it was just a puddle of water, that would have never happened. Right. If it was six inches of water, it wouldn't have happened. It had to be probably 20 feet of water or more. Yeah. It drowned them. Also, just to show you know, the, the, the immense majesty of god the power of god you know and, that, and that's what the scale of this just reminds me of god's power mm -hmm. and um and, and wow i mean if like just seeing things like this there's a lot to cover here right there's a lot to cover here um you know i've i've just briefly touched on like the location issue today because that was just really what i wanted to start with but uh we're actually going to take several episodes and look at look at this location as the real Mount Sinai. And, and the reason I'm doing that is to show you that there's a lot of evidence for the Exodus. In fact, if you look at this particular location, it looks like these things, these Bible stories are true. Right. Based on what you see here. And this is a very crucial Bible story because it's, a, it's, it's not just an actual happening, but it's, it, it's also a metaphor for the Christian life. Right. And, and how the Israelites were saved through the waters of baptism. Right. Um, that's that's what this was, just like we are today. We're, right. When you are dunked and you receive Christ, which I'm going to give you an opportunity to do uh, in a moment here, what you're doing is you're, you're, you're basically following a tradition that's thousands of years old because the Israelites themselves were baptized. That's what the scripture says. This was a sort of baptism where God was taking them through the waters, and they were emerging alive on the other side. Amen. Um, and, and so uh, I guess without belaboring the point, I just wanted to whet your appetite for uh, the real Mount Sinai. And I, in, li in line with our sermon, uh, with our series uh, here, I wanted to encourage you to get real, to get real with Jesus. Um, Christ changed my life many years ago. And I didn't have access to information like this Amen. when I first came to know Christ. Me neither. So what I'm going to present to you here, I just want to encourage you to digest this, to think on it, to pray on it, and uh, tune in for succeeding episodes. Because we're going to, if you saw, there's a lot of things here. I mean, there's mm -hmm. this Red Sea site crossing place. There's the cave of Elijah. There's... Um, there's a, a, apparently a place where a big burial field where a, a, a battle uh, had taken place, and there was a battle that, uh, that took place. Uh, they, the Amalekites ambushed the, the Israelites at Mount Sinai and um, while they were there, while they were encamped there. And it's one of the first battles they have before they're even going into the promised land and so on. And um, uh, th there's just all these interesting things with this particular location that I, I believe is just going to help grow your faith. But most of all, I hope that it helps you to get real in your relationship with God. That's what I'm really encouraging you to do. Get real in your relationship with Jesus. And if you've never received Christ as your Savior, and you've never been changed, and you've never been baptized by His Spirit, I want to encourage you to do that right now, because the Bible says, all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So if, if you don't know that if the waters closed in on your enemies, they wouldn't envelop you also, then I want you to pray this prayer with me because we can know because we know because we know uh, that we have a relationship with God and that we're going to spend an eternity with him and that 
we are going to be resurrected one day, like Christ was resurrected, like the Israelites were metaphorically resurrected when they came out of the other side of the Red Sea. And uh, wow, I mean, just just amazing, some amazing, amazing stuff. So it's real simple. All you got to do is say this prayer. This prayer is an expression of faith in God, and God credits your faith, the Bible says, as righteousness. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. Uh, we're all a bunch of scuzzball sinners, <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, it, it's all good because there's there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So Amen. you just express faith, and God credits your faith uh, for something. Uh, it, just like if you're at Chuck E. Cheese, you know, with your kids, and you, and you got your <laughs> tickets, and you change in your tickets for a prize. You're literally... God takes your faith, and he gives you eternal life. I mean, it's, it's, it's really amazing. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. So uh, say this prayer with me right now, wherever you are, say it in your heart. Say it out loud if you want to. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I need a Savior. Amen. I ask you to come into my heart. Let your Holy Spirit baptize me on the inside and make me new, make me born again. Uh, God, I, I don't understand the whole Bible. I don't understand everything that Pastor AJ is preaching, but I, I believe in you. And God, I'm giving you this act of faith right now, asking you to take care of my eternity and help me for live, help me to live for you tomorrow. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, you know, if, if you said that prayer for the first time, I just want to encourage you that God is having a party right now. Amen. In heaven. And so are we. I mean, <laughs> I do the applause because the Bible talks about a cloud of witnesses, That's you know. Right. Uh, but in all seriousness, like you're part of God's family and it, it may not feel like it, but that was a big deal what you just did. And so I want to encourage you to take another step of faith and find somebody who attends like a really good Bible preaching church uh, somewhere where the, the pastor teaches and preaches the Bible and and you can be discipled to be more like Jesus. That was just the beginning. Oh, yeah. If you follow Christ, it's going to change your life. God is going to bring you through the Red Sea time and time again, just like he did Israel. And wow, uh, that's all I got for now, Don. I mean, there's a lot more I want to say, but that's why we've got more episodes coming in this series and why we're encouraging you to get real. That's right. God bless, and we will see you next time.